Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Welcome to the 10th anniversary of Houston Sports Talk. I can't believe it. A whole decade. My co-host, Sean Bajani, was busy with work. So alongside me are two of my four other sensational co-hosts over the years, Stephen Kerr and my original co-host, we haven't seen him in ages, but he's come out of his cave and he's finally joining us, Archie. I'm still in my man cave. What are you talking about? <laughs> Is this right. the OG guy right here? You are the OG guy. Thank, thank you for being along for this incredible ride, guys. Well, congratulations for uh, 10 years. That's pretty a uh, tremendous achievement for you and for Houston Sports Talk. So, yeah, uh, most definitely. As we, were, as we were saying before we went on the air, Robert, you know, I, I just can't name many podcasts at all that have lasted 10 years, much less, less than that. So congratulations. Hats off to you, buddy. You did it. Yeah. A lot of can't even last 10 days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, our first show was uploaded September 20th, 2013. The guys coaching and managing Houston sports teams at that time, Bo Porter, Kevin McHale, Gary <laughs> Kubiak, Tony Levine, UH football, and James Dickey, UH basketball. That's how much things have changed. Since what about Rice? <laughs> uh, yeah, what about Rice? <laughs> David Bailiff, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> that might have been. You're right. I'd forgotten about Tony Levine. That's how That's how crazy that was. That was, what, 10 years ago? So I don't know why. I totally forgot about Tony Levine. James Dickey, I remember, because I had personal dealings with him when he was at Texas Tech. You know, he's a pleasant guy. I could always call and get a quote from James Dickey. That's how available he was but man that was a long time ago then i do yeah. remember that gary kubiak was kind of i mean because that was the season that everything just fell apart and we had yeah. started doing that podcast and i just want to give a shout out also because when we started that podcast we had a third member i don't want to chuck cunningham him here from happy days but it was anthony geagle who was with us the first year we were three people that were doing the podcast together Right. First year or two, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. we're, we're going to bring him in to the conversation in a little okay. bit, too. But, uh, yeah, Anthony Giegel, you and me, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that as we get going. But I'm pretty sure we are the longest-running weekly independent Houston sports podcast. If you know of any Astros, Rockets, or Texans sports pod with more than 10 years of consistent weekly content, let us know in the comments. But I believe we are the longest running one and this episode you're listening to is number 810 on your audio feed but we've actually done over 1400 episodes in the early years i wouldn't put the episode number if it was just an interview if you're wondering about the discrepancy so that's the way it goes but speaking of interviews we've had about 300 different guests if you'd wow. like to see a comprehensive list go to our website houstonsportstalk.net Look in the about section to see the guest list. And it's, you know, I did it in a sort of organized manner where you can see Astros, Rockets, Texans, et cetera, et cetera. So I put them in categories. And uh, in this show, we're going to share some of our favorite moments. But I also want to pull the curtain back a little bit, take people behind the scenes. It might make more sense, though, if Stephen drives the show and asks me the questions. Stephen, you want to take the wheel on this? What, you mean I actually get to, to interview you for a change? Oh, this will <laughs> <Yeah>. be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Robert. And I guess, you know, if we're, we're talking about 10 years worth of Houston sports talk, we might as well start at the beginning. That's where I usually like to start. 
of every show or actually the beginning of each episode. Robert, please tell the listeners who that dynamic voice is that we hear introducing Houston Sports Talk. Yeah, that booming voice you hear saying, welcome to Houston Sports Talk, should sound familiar to every Astros fan. That's Bob Ford, who's celebrating 30 years as the Astros PA announcer, as most of you Astros fans know. And he's also the Houston Cougar football PA guy since 2014. He's one of the nicest guys around. The story goes that I was at Minute Maid Park a couple of years into the show, told him what we were doing. He said, hey, if you need one, I can voice you an introduction. And Stephen, he is a well-paid voiceover artist. He offered it to us, no charge. Yeah, what a great guy and, and what a great story he is. I remember listening to him in the 80s, Robert. And I know he was around even before then. You know, the old home sports entertainment, which eventually morphed into Fox Sports Southwest, among other things. Bob Ford was the voice of HSE when they signed on in, in Houston in the mid-80s. I want to say 85. That may not be right, but it was it was somewhere in there. But Bob Ford's voice was on HSE, and I remember him from back then. And, man, the, the guy still has a great voice, even after 30, 40, however many years he's been doing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, great. And, and you actually had him on the show, didn't you? you? You did an interview with him some time back, right? Yeah, go into the archives if you haven't heard it. He tells about how he got into it. He tells about his history, but it's a big show on YouTube where I threw all of the voices that we've had on the show together, all the Astros voices. So you hear Bill Brown, and he talks about his background. We have some of Julia Morales, and, and as well as Bob Ford. And then uh, I think Greg Lucas talks about the passing of, of Gene El We Since the show started, we lost Gene Elston. And we've lost Milo Hamilton. So we hear a little bit yeah. of memories from some of the veterans about that. But, I mean, RG, uh, you know, that was a big deal. I remember getting Bob Ford for the intro. And it's like, hey, we sound professional now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you already do a really good job because you have a background. If people don't know it, that you went to the uh, University of Missouri and you were in the journalism school there. So uh, you are used to working and production and uh, sound quality. So I think one thing that people can always really get out of listening to this podcast is it's going to be uh, excellent quality. Most of the time, you're not going to have that, that scratchy, uh, you know, out of a tin can type sound to the audio, you're always going to have really professional quality. And that even goes with the show opening, as you were mentioning right there. But I think that's, again, another kind of one of your your strengths and, and your background that you bring to the table in producing a podcast, which you're now bringing into, of course, video too, which you have a video background in uh, as well. So I think all of those things are kind of focused on your strengths. And I think that helps out with the podcast and delivering an overall kind of positive experience for people when they listen to the show. Yeah. That, let me tell you, when I, I co-hosted the podcast with him, he uh, he made me sound really good because he had took out all my mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so, That's what you want. Somebody to take out your mistakes and, yeah, exactly. edit out, you know, so. Well, Robert, staying at the beginning a bit, I'm just curious. I'm sure a lot of other people are. And you and I have talked about this to some degree, but there might be some nuggets in there that I don't even know. What made you want to start Houston Sports Talk in the first place? Yeah, I want to give my reasons and maybe RG can chime in at the end because, of course, he's a big part of this uh, and, and us getting started. And number one, I was already a huge fan of podcasts. I've already been listening to several of them going back to 2007. So 
already six years before we even started. Number two, I loved sports talk. Growing up in the 80s, as a teenager, I was listening to two or three sports radio shows on different stations when I came home from high school. Actually, one of the coolest parts of this experience was interviewing Tom Franklin and Jerry Truppiano several yeah. times over the years. Tom and Jerry were the 740 KTRH radio hosts I listened to when I got home from my high school and RG's high school, strength Jesuit, every single day. Yep, this dorky kid was not playing high school sports <laughs> after school. I was playing Nerf hoops on my closet door, listening to sports talk and all that. And also, I, I started HST because I got frustrated with local sports radio hosts actually not talking sports on their sports show. I, I, I missed the good old days of the guys that did, and I figured I'd give people that alternative. And the last reason is sitting right in front of us for Houston Sports Talk. Uh, for me to do this, uh, I needed my two original co-hosts, Anthony Giegel and R.G. Seal. We were uh, my we were best friends in high school, two best, three best friends. Uh, and we hung out all the time. We debated sports back when we were teens. So I wanted an excuse every week to hang out and talk sports with them again. It was really something that selfishly I'm like, yeah, I want to talk with RG every week and giggle. And we would have these, you know, we had these conversations back in high school, but it was tough to get us together. You know, as, as the years go on, as people know, it gets harder and harder, but uh, yeah, I want you to chime in RG with. Uh, it's hard to get the band back together is what you're saying. Huh? <laughs> you know, that's what it really is. And uh, I, I mean, it was a kind of the same thing. You just said like, Hey, let's get together. We will have, you know, three-way phone calls or conference calls, and we'll talk sports, and we go over, you know, we just watched a Texans game, and we would just all, you know, I'm sure a lot of people do this, where you would just listen to other people, other of your friends just rant after a Texans game or after an Astros game or a Rockets game, and when you proposed kind of the podcast, it was going to be more the same thing. Hey, let's just express our thoughts, the three of us talking together, and let's do a show. So you were the one that came up with the whole idea. You were listening to podcasts. But you kind of propose it in that way. There'd just be a conversation and, and we would have that each week where we would be able to debate sports and give our thoughts. So what you guys are saying is that Houston Sports Talk actually goes back 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You may have only been doing it for 10, but yeah. uh, the, the idea kind of was probably rooted 35 years ago. Maybe so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this started in the 80s in case you need visual proof. I've got some, RG's going to have to close his eyes for a second, but you're about to see <laughs> me and RG Seal doing sports talk in my teenage bedroom in Southwest Houston. Now, of course, Chinatown, Anthony Giegel, our original co-host, he is behind the camera. You don't see him here, but trust me, he's a part of this in a big, big way. And by mutual agreement, I believe we're back, and that's where we're going to start right now with the Jerry Glanville situation. He's no longer in as coach of the Houston Oilers. He's out, maybe in Atlanta, maybe Jack Hardy's in. And that's where I move over to my partner, Mr. Robert Land, I believe that's it. Not Sandy Rivera. But uh, can you tell me what you think of this thing that's going on right now? Well, uh, first of all, uh, are we a weekly? I mean, we've come on like no, a few months. But anyway, uh, the Glanville situation, a fascinating one it is, of course. Wow. Wow. Oh, nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed uh, between me and RG. We look exactly yeah, the same. And Stephen, yeah. we're still talking about just, a just-fired NFL coach. Wow, the there. man in black. You actually pulled that out of there. Can't believe That's that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. 
the the one thing I will say about broadcasting <laughs> is that you just never know what somebody's going to find on you. So that's why you have to be really watch what you say. Because, <laughs> uh, man, yeah. that's way back from the archives. Yeah, that's way back in the vault right there. I had mm. no idea that was going to be coming. But, that's uh, awesome. yeah, you must have, a, like, a, a lot of stuff that you can blackmail me with there with that stuff. Right? I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But, um, uh, yeah. it's 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 unreal that you know I, I didn't think about it until i was looking up the old video and i was like oh my goodness you know this this show really goes it literally like you said Stephen, it literally goes back 35 years yeah that is pretty cool well rg i'm curious how you got into sports or just got interested in sports and i know you you mentioned you and robert and anthony were best friends but what really turned you on to sports that made you get really serious about it well, you know, I was really somebody that, uh, you know, always loved sports. I grew up as an Astros fan. I grew up as a, a Texan, or excuse me, not a Texans fan. It was actually an Oilers mm -hmm. fan. We go back that far. Houston Oilers and then uh, also the Houston Rockets. So those three teams, I grew up watching sports with my dad. You know, that's where kind of my proclivity. So when I was in high school, people that wanted to talk sports and people, I also played sports. I should probably add that to I played the league baseball I played basketball and I never played football but I, I played those other sports so I I really wanted to be involved and 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 be able to talk sports so it was all something that's been an interest of mine he was and an Astros then, buddy too Stephen he was, yeah, Astros was buddy. An Astros oh really now that program's been around Sardinia a long time my Astros buddies so. oh that's awesome then I also friends in the neighborhood and we played sports and then you know when I got to high school again there were just like met up with like we were describing before with, with Robert and Anthony and got to be good friends and talk sports. So a lot of times would center around, you know, a lot of people when they, they get together with friends and centers around certain conversations for us, it was just always natural to talk about sports. You just showed with that clip there, we did, we decided to do with the, during the late eighties, early nineties, like actual film segments kind of a, a talk show like format where we were on camera and we were just talking sports. So like you said earlier, it was a precursor. So really, I mean, we were just saying a lot of stuff, but, but yeah, back in those days, you know, you could just say a lot of things on camera, but it wasn't going to go on TikTok. It wasn't going to go on Facebook. <laughs> it wasn't going to go on Instagram. But so. now it's on YouTube. Yeah, now it's on YouTube. So yeah, <laughs> I hadn't, hadn't seen that in a long time. I didn't even realize you still had all that footage. <laughs> like that. Yeah, e even though stuff. nobody knew who we were in our first podcast, I would say more people listened to our first podcast than saw any of those videos that we did when we were kids, you know, trying to trying to do this stuff. And I think RG was a lot like me, Stephen. I mean, I don't remember a time when I wasn't into this. You know, my family yeah. says when I was three, four or five years old, I was quoting all the stats and everything. And it was just, you know, it was kind of in my blood and a little bit different than RG. His dad was really into sports. My dad was a little bit less so. I mean, he, he w went to Baylor, so he was a big Baylor fan. We went to go see Baylor in Alabama at the Cotton Bowl in 1981. We flew up there uh, to see those guys. And my dad, he, he, he was a private pilot. So he had actually uh, bought a plane, a small plane, not, not anything big. We were not wealthy, mm -hmm. but back then you could actually afford a small plane. It was like 20 something thousand dollars. Wow. And so he got a plane and, and was a pilot. And we went up to see the Cotton Bowl and saw Paul Bear Bryant face off Baylor's Mike Singletary team in the Cotton Bowl. But he was not somebody that I was sitting around watching games. RG's dad really loved sports. My dad was it was a little bit less so. He was more your average Joe that occasionally 
you know, flipped it on or whatever, but it wasn't really his thing. Yeah. Robert, I'm not sure many podcasts have this distinction, at least in Houston, but didn't you tell me at one time that Houston Sports Talk was on local radio? Isn't that how it actually started? Well, we started the show at first and then we got on local radio. That is true. Our listeners might not know this, but for over a year, K-Breeze 1460 AM in Sugarland ran our show for an hour every week. So that kid who listened to Houston Sports Radio, that kid me, and, and to, to a degree RG as well, landed on radio for a brief time, which was really incredible. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of wondering, did it mean a lot for you to get a sports radio? I know that that happened with you as well, Stephen, right? Yeah, it absolutely did. Well, you know, like you guys, I did the thing as a kid too. I mean, I started following sports. I was probably about nine, maybe when I really started getting serious, but yeah, I did the very same thing. I wanted to be a sportscaster. I, I did sportscasts. I did play-by-play -play or, you know, just talking into a tape recorder. That's basically how everybody does it, I guess, when they get in the business. So yeah, the, the first time that I ever got a sports radio job, it was like a dream come true. I mean, that's that's what I've lived my whole life for was to get into radio. Now, most of my radio career was spent in music radio, but I did have a brief stint as a sports talk show host. And like you, Robert, I listened to Jerry Truppiano, Tom Franklin, Ken Silverstein, you know, all those guys from way back when. So that's how it developed for me too. What about you, RG? What do you think when we, we got the radio gig? Oh, I mean, anything to have kind of wider, wider, excuse me, listenership. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a good thing. Enabled us to also, you know, be able to go and cover more events and to actually feel like it was more of a business and a professional entity. So not to say that when you're starting out with a podcast, you know, but these days everybody has a podcast, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, but back then it came with a little bit of legitimacy uh, to without the established following, being able to go and, and be on the radio as well. And so it was, a like you said, for all those reasons, it was also kind of something that we'd all listen to talk, sports, sports talk radio. So kind of a natural extension of that to actually be on the radio and to have that drive, or was it, what time was it on? I, I forget, but I'd have that window. Yeah, I was, I believe it was on in the afternoon at some point. And Stephen, you know, one of the things that I know we were gonna get to is our favorite moments, you know, yeah. as, as, as a show. And I just want to start and sort of connect it to what the radio station did for us, because it was really important that we got on the radio because we got the ability to get credentialed for games and talk to players a little bit more. Yeah. But, you know, I got to start with what RG did that was super important for the show, not necessarily a turning point, but it made us feel like we were doing something really cool. Now, for those who don't know, RG's from Houston, but he lives out in Los Angeles. And in 2014, he offered to fly to Florida for Astros spring training if we could get credentials. And thanks to good timing, because the Astros needed some positive media back then, as <laughs> 2014, <everybody> remembers, yeah. <laughs> we got those credentials and at spring training, RG got an exclusive with Jared Cozart. Well, Jared Cozart looked big at the time, but maybe not the biggest one, but he also got Jeff Luno, George Springer, and Carlos Correa. This was Correa and Springer's first Astros spring training. We had no idea what was about to happen, but wow. RG, I know for you, getting that opportunity as a Stroh's lifer 
was super special to go out to spring training and actually talk to some Astros players, right? Oh, that was great. I'd never actually been to spring training. I mean, you always heard about like uh, the various Astros, uh, you know, was it Cocoa Beach uh, growing up? And then uh, you had like uh, Kissimmee and now, of course, they're in West Palm Beach. It was my first time to actually do a spring training and it was just like how people have described it, where you just have that real close proximity to where you can watch the games and visit with players and really feel a part of a baseball atmosphere. So there was all that. But then then at the same time, being able to go and to do interviews with players. And at that period of time, the Astros were coming out. We probably set the scene. It was like, 2013 was absolute like rock bottom. What was it? 111, 12, 13, 113 yeah. losses a season. I mean, it was terrible. So then you had, you know, this team, like you said, that right, was coming, but they were bringing up all these young players. Uh, Carlos Correa wouldn't arrive until the next year, but George Springer would be on the 2014 club. They still had Jose Altuve. But now that we know of all this success and four World Series in six years and everything, it kind of felt like seeing the Beatles in the early years, at least. We always used to like bring up our Beatles analogies, right? When they were Hamburg at the Cavern Club and stuff. Before, it was like, oh, here are the Beatles or Beatlemania. So it was kind of like this was before the Astros really got it going. They, they were just in their real infancy, and they were being put together. They were being built. And, you know, it was just kind of really an incredible experience because – Got to go there, and I didn't know at the time, but I mean, just be able to get interviews with somebody like a George Springer, who would become one of the fan favorites and one of the franchise's uh, great players. Same thing with Carlos Correa, even though they're both gone now, playing with other clubs. You know, later on, also, you know, interviewed like Jose Altuve, not in that spring training visit, but it was just the opportunity. We're getting to know the ball club, getting to meet with everybody who either worked with the Astros or covered the Astros and with the different players that were there. We, so. we wanted to hold their hand. <laughs> uh, a little bit of well, Beatles there. Yeah. You know, there was another interesting one that got to do as well, too. And that was when I, I got to go cover after doing the spring training, I went out in California when the Astros had a single A club at Lancaster. Oh, so I, I was that. able to, to go out and do interviews with the, the single-A club players that were out there. And this team had a bunch of players that Astro fans would remember because it had Josh Hader was in the uh, on that team who was yep. eventually traded and became came one of the best closers in baseball. Had Mark Appel, the number one draft pick. Had Tony Kemp, who eventually made the ball club. It also had Teoscar Hernandez. And one of the funny things was at Lancaster, I didn't know this at the time, but I felt like, okay, I'll just interview these players that are outside. But in Lancaster, California, it's a very windy area. So I was doing interview outside with Teoscar Hernandez. It would have been a really good interview. I got like about 10 minutes, but then I brought it back to Robert. He's, I can't use any of this. Maybe you could use maybe a minute or 30 seconds. I don't even know. But it was just, it was really disappointing because it was a great interview with Tosker. You know, it's really joyous, happy. It would have, you know, been been good because people all know him now uh, as, yeah. as a Major League Baseball player. But it was interesting to interview Mark Appel. So I inside, finally moved inside the clubhouse, got smart. It was really good acoustics there was able to interview Appel, former first round draft pick kind of when he was in his first go around and he's been an incredible story 
about coming back. And then also it was really interesting. Of course, Tony Kemp was a great interview, super nice guy, you know, just what everybody remembers from his experience or time with the Astros. So yeah, that was also another one besides doing the spring training, being able to go out and cover, you know, the minor league squad or these guys that were going to become future Astros. Now, RG, you left the show after six years. So you were there a, a good while, you know, more than half of the show's existence. So I just, I've got to ask you, what are some of your favorite moment, or maybe there's a couple, what were some of your favorite moments of being on the show? Can I, can I give one of RG's favorite moments? <laughs> yeah, I, go ahead. Robert. And, and, and this one would be one of mine too, because uh, I don't think there's much debate. I think RG would agree with this. Um, it, it had become an Astros uh, and, and Houston sports talk tradition for us to do the Astros postgame shows. And of course, uh, Stephen, you've been doing those with us recently, but right. uh, nothing meant quite as much as this Houston Sports Talk episode in 2017. The Astros haven't been number one every time, but this time they World are champs, Astros! Oh my God, RG. I, I don't have much of a voice right now. I think. I screamed. There was a bunch of just, yeah, and I can't even do it anymore. You know, I'm so happy for them, and I'm happy for this city more than anything. Uh, everything that the city has gone through, I, I just, I can't even talk. Wow, that's pretty amazing that it's left you speechless there. You've lost your voice from an Astros championship. This is everything that we've all waited for our whole lives. I mean, we all have our family members, some of whom have passed away, friends who have passed away. All these people who have cheered for the Astros over the years, starting from the 1960s for some people, uh, when the franchise was born in 1962 as a Colt 45s. And this is absolutely one of the greatest nights as far as being a Houston sports fan, winning a title in baseball. This is something we will remember for all our lives and a great team. Hey, let me say it one more time because it's worth saying one more time. The Houston Astros, your Houston Astros, your Houston Astros are world champions. Tell it to us again, Ooh. Joe Buck. Tell it to us again, Joe Buck. Here's a ground ball right side. Could do it. The Houston Astros are world champions for the first time in franchise history. Oh, man. I still get emotional listening back to this. And you heard two best friends celebrating after waiting over 40 years. Well, it's still a great one. It's like still the Astros are champions because uh, this past year, 2022 as well, too. So 2017 and 2022. Uh, yeah. And hopefully some more in the future as well, too. <laughs> Man, that just sent shivers up my spine, you playing that, Robert. And yeah. I, I mean, I remember that it's one of those where were you moments. And you certainly remember I was on the phone with two guys that I went to boarding school with. And, you know, we would sit in our dorm room listening to the Astros games. And I always remember thinking, when are the Astros going to get to the World Series, much less win the World Series? Well, it took several decades <laughs> after that, <laughs> but they finally did. And, uh, you know, Robert, you sounded like you were about to cry there. I, I did, too. I, I was crying, too. It may have been stained by the cheating scandal later, but we didn't know that then. It was still just one of the best memories ever. And, and uh, Harvey was going on. So there yeah. was a lot of there was a lot of emotion for right. that, you know, with the Astros, yeah. but also with Harvey. And I knew what this meant to the to the city of Houston. And, you know, the city was flooded with rain. And 
I always say it was, it went from rain and rain and rain to confetti and confetti and confetti. Yeah. And that was such a beautiful thing. RG, am I, am I missing your favorite moment or yeah. uh, do you have something else that maybe on your mind when he, when he said favorite moment? No, I mean, I don't think anything, but I, I just would want to say that I had been having a little champagne and beer that night. So I, I, I <laughs> definitely celebrated. I don't think I've ever heard you yell that loud, RG. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was super memorable still. I mean, to me, I don't, I mean, I know there's been attaining with the, it's still a world championship. It's still the first Astros world championship, great club. And we've seen over the years how they've been resilient and still been a great club. So to me, it's just, it's part of a chapter, a part of a dynasty. And that was just that first title. I mean, there's just nothing like it. It was just, especially being at Dodger stadium, because we had seen the game in 1980 when the Dodgers came back, when they were down four games and they forced the one game playoff and Joe Necro had to pitch them into the, the playoffs, which they did. They won at Dodger stadium, but the Dodgers had always been kind of a, you know, NL West adversary. And then of course, finally getting to the, the world series. And then you're playing the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Dodgers had all the momentum having won that Halloween. I remember it was October 31st. It was Halloween. They won that game. Yeah. six. Everybody felt it was going to be a coronation ceremony in Los Angeles, because it's like, oh, well, the Dodgers are going there at home. It's game seven, and here are the Astros here, and we're just going to win a world championship. So then Charlie F.N. Morton, that was just, uh, you know, when he was able to come in there, and they were able to get to U Darvish, and uh, and they won at the stadium. So a lot of people always say, well, the Astros, you know, they won because they were at Minute Maid Park. Well, no, they won at Dodger Stadium. They went on the road. They won a game seven. They showed their resilience. They showed how they were the heart of a champion, as Rudy T would say. And yeah, that was a great moment. But I also wanted to ask you guys, do you have like what, do you have a favorite, not only moment, do you have a favorite interview that you've done on the show? Well, I know Robert does, because that was one of the questions I was going to ask him. My favorite is easy. It was, and it wasn't one that I did. It was one that I listened to, Mm -hmm. because I've listened to the Houston Sports Talk. I want to say, I want to say it was in 2014, 15. It was somewhere around there. It was not that long after you guys started. But the best interview or the best part of an interview, shall I say, that I ever heard was after the Astros won that 2017 World Series, you had Steve Sparks on. And toward the end of the show, Robert knows what I'm going to say. Steve Sparks launches into a rendition of. Uh, Okay. You you want it? You want it? (laughs) Yeah. Steven? Yeah. All right. Here you go. Because that was coming. Here we go. This is it. He was coming back from Oklahoma where he was visiting family. So he's in his car driving back from Oklahoma to Houston. And this is what happened. You got a song for us, Sparky, to finish things off? Do you, can you give us something? Do I have a song? <laughs> yeah. How about Oklahoma? I just crossed the Oklahoma border. You want to hear Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's hear it. This is the only show tune I knew. Despite the fact when I was a player, I had it in my media guide. I love show tunes. I don't even know why I wrote that. No, I, I said I love to whistle show tunes. That stayed with me. That was even on a couple of baseball cards. But here's the only show tune I know. It's because I'm from the state of Oklahoma. I'll give you a little bit, right? All right. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain and the waving wheat. It sure smells sweet when the wind comes back behind the rain. Oh, 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 oh. Go home every night, my honey lemon die. 
sit around and talk and watch the hawks making lazy circles in the sky. Oh, you know, we belong to the land, and the land we belong to is grand. So when we say, you, you know, you're saying we're doing fine, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A, Oklahoma. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's some great stuff. That's was that bad? Was that off too? That was great. Yeah, that was right. <laughs> that was right on the money. That was beautiful. I have. A, I think I got a tear in my eye. <laughs> Did you really? Thank you. That means that means the world to me. Yeah, yeah you, oh, you cannot beat. That was the no. best moment in show history. Yes, oh, by far. And it's funny. I didn't know that was one of your favorites, Robert. But I figured it. It probably had to be because. <laughs> That is just classic. And I mean, you know, we've gotten to know Sparky a little bit and we know what a great guy he is. And, you know, you listen to the Astros broadcast and you can certainly tell he can be serious when he wants to be. But you ever hear him in the postgame locker room during the postseason? He definitely lets his hair down a little bit. And he did on that show. So, Robert, before we get to some of your other favorite interviews, I need you to tell our newer listeners about the Houston Sports Talk bump. What is that? Oh, I'm glad you brought that one up, Stephen. We are a bit of a good luck charm, believe it or not. RG, he probably doesn't believe it, but we are the good luck charm because when we started, the Astros were the laughing stock of baseball, had never won a World Series game. They've now grabbed two titles and have won 13 World Series games since Houston Sports Talk started. Two years before Simone Biles won four gold medals in the Olympics. She was on our show. Three years after we interviewed Houston Oilers Robert Brazil, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame after a 34-year wait. Nine years ago, we interviewed a young, unknown ESPN writer about a story on Houston Cougar basketball player Devontae Pollard. Within two years, Mina Kimes, yes, Mina Kimes, became a household name. Now, a few years ago, we interviewed a relative unknown NFL draft expert named Ben Solak. He's now a writer and podcast host for The Ringer. More Houston sports talk bumps, Stephen. I've got some more. Dallas Keuchel won a Cy Young after we talked to him. George Springer, World Series MVP. Jose Altuve, AL MVP. Morgan Bryan, a World Cup. And Kelvin Sampson turned UH basketball around since we had our conversation with him, 12 tourney wins in five years after zero Coog tourney W's in the 34 years prior. That, wow. my friends, is the Houston Sports Talk bump. So what you're saying is it's you're the opposite of the SI jinx. Yeah. Yeah. I love choose four-leaf clovers and Houston Sports Talk. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, no, S- no SI jinx. And speaking of, the guy that – was not an SI jinx. Ben Ryder was on our show talking about Springer and, and, and the cover and getting there. And it's all in the archives. So go go yeah. look for that on the YouTube channel. It's worth a listen. All right. Well, let's get to some of your favorite interviews, aside from the one that we definitely have. It's, it's probably going to be hard to top now, Robert. But <laughs> do you have some others? Yeah, it's, it's tough to come up with my all-time favorites. But uh, the current athletes typically don't give extended interviews which are my favorite type of interviews. So because of that, you're not going to hear them listed much. But 
of the athletes still playing, both RG and I loved George Springer. And RG can talk about him in a little bit if he wants to, because I know he's interviewed him a couple of times. But he was so easy to talk to, never turned us down for a request, was always open and honest with us, which that was great. But honestly, my favorites were a couple of old ball players. Original Astro Bob Aspermani, the nicest guy and most incredible storyteller you're going to find. He played with Jackie Robinson as a teenager. He told us maybe the greatest feel-good baseball fan story of all time. These two interviews you can find cut together on audio or YouTube if you want to go back and listen. And personally, I have special affection for Love You Blue Oilers like Robert Brazil, Evan Bethay, and Dan Pastorini. But my favorite was Vernon Perry. And people forget Perry had six playoff interceptions in the 1979 playoff season which was the last Houston NFL team to make it to a conference title game. Four interceptions. How about four interceptions and a blocked field goal and just one playoff game? And I also, yeah. I got to throw in my last uh, couple of guys. I got to throw in Chronicle Legends, Mickey Herskowitz and Dale Robertson. I've done multiple interviews with them, all of which are fantastic. I especially love two long conversations I did with them about their careers. Also a separate Herskowitz conversation when Muhammad Ali passed away and just amazing to have someone on the show who knew Ali and could relay firsthand stories about one of my all time heroes, but Steven and RG, uh, I'll let you go. And, and, and if you got any favorite guests, uh, would love to hear it. I want the listeners to post their favorite guests in the comments too. I want to hear you guys as well. Well, another thing that I really always liked about the show, how you did this show, is that you did do in-depth interviews. Because a lot of times when you're listening to Sports Talk Radio, they'll get somebody on and they'll do five or seven minute interview. And the first couple of minutes will just be, hey, how's your golf game? Or uh, what, are you, what product are you hawking right now? You'll get a few questions about them and then they'll, they'll be off, right? But this was, I think, what made, made your show unique and what other podcasts have have done too, maybe some of the other interview podcasts. It was more long form. So you could really get into something and ask a lot of questions, go back on the history, go back on their contributions to the organization, if they were part of the organization, their careers, and and just where they are today and their thoughts and their perspectives. And I really think that's what makes a podcast. That's why I like listening to podcasts, so I can glean more than just five or 10 minutes out of an interview. I like more long form interviews where I can get to find out and discover more. And one of the best that I think that you ever did that I was a part of was a Tal Smith interview. I And in oh, fact, I yeah. listened to that a few weeks back because I'd recommend it to a friend. As I said, hey, you've got to be able to listen to this because he describes the how the Astrodome was built, how he came into the Astros organization, describing his experience as general manager of the Astros and you know, and then coming back as president, you know, it was just very interesting to listen to all that again. But he spoke to us for an hour. I wasn't expecting it. You know, we're probably thinking 20 to 30 minutes, but he really gave great answers and was really in depth. And if it's something you want to know, like the mind of a GM or just, you know, his experiences, I think it's one of the best all-time interviews. I don't know if you agree, but I, there, even that part with describing where Joe Morgan was traded and he said I was it was devastating. I just I still remember that. Oh, I, I totally agree with you, RG. I don't think that Tal Smith has ever done a bad interview. I mean, I could sit and listen to his voice all day. That was definitely one of my favorites. And again, that was before I started co-hosting the show with with Robert. And another interview that that you guys did, Robert, I think you just did this one yourself, but it was before I came on the show. 
And that was one with J.R. Richard. And, you know, I, I know J.R. was not, you, you couldn't call him a, a real personable guy. He wasn't a gregarious type. But it was fascinating to listen to his story just because of what the uh, the hard road that he had, you know, not only growing up, but when he was with the Astros and some of the difficulties there. And then, of course, he had the stroke. And then after the stroke, it's just like things went downhill from there for him. But it was fascinating to sit there and listen to you and that some of the questions you asked him that I think as it went along, you really drew him out and he started to talk. And as the story was just, it, it was sad, but it was fascinating. And he did turn his life around eventually in, in a good way. So that was one of my favorites was J.R. Richard. Yeah, it was a big deal for me to get to talk to him, but he was having a tough day. His health yeah. was not good at that time. And he was not feeling well that day. And unfortunately, I didn't find out about it until after the interview, because I just thought, oh, maybe maybe I'm doing something wrong because he was given these short answers and I'm given these extended questions. But, you know, him and, and his wife were talking to me after the interview and she came along with him and uh, she she basically said, yeah, he's having a bad day. And, you know, mm -hmm. at that point, I just, you know, you kind of go, well, I, you know, I, I could always do it some other day. I wish we could, you know, I just thought yeah. we could do another day, but I, I had dragged him out of the house and we had done it in a, in, in, at the radio station that we were doing stuff at that time. So, you know, I just was like, well, it's just a, a bad break. And I'm glad you got something out of it, Stephen, because that was one I was a little bit frustrated with because he just wasn't feeling all that well. I, I mean, I could tell, like I said, he, he wasn't the most personable guy really, but he had a fascinating story to tell. And I did read his book. He, he wrote a book too still throwing heat and, you know, went a lot more in depth, but that was one of my favorite interviews. Well, Robert, you've talked about pulling the curtain back. So I don't think people know that you, what you've been through in the last decade while you've been trying to do this show week in and week out. So can you open up about that for us? Yeah, I haven't talked too much about this. I don't think there have been things that we, we've mentioned, but it's been a tough decade for me personally, as far as my health. I've dealt with chronic fatigue, what's now called MECFS is the new term for 24 years now. In the last few years, it's been extremely hard. In 2015, you know, there's just been a bunch of stuff. In 2015, it was a kidney stone. In 16, abscess surgery. In 17, a gut bacterial infection that just left me exhausted and in pain for months. In 18, I had an emergency appendectomy. They found a cancerous tumor in my appendix. Luckily, it didn't spread. I dealt with vertigo at times. And in the last two years, I've been diagnosed with Lyme disease, mold, and severe sleep apnea. Four months ago, as I mentioned on the show, I had jaw surgery to fix the apnea. Unfortunately, they're telling me now it didn't work. I'm probably forgetting a few things, but you get the idea. And hey, anyone dealing yeah. with health issues out there can always reach out to me. I feel like maybe I can help some people because I have been through so much and I'm still fighting through stuff. And, and I go on the injured list more than Lance McCullers. But let me just say this. Uh, it's my favorite athletes and their courage and their never quit mentality that pushes me to wake up every single day and continue my fight to get better guys. It's, it's sports. Sports is my religion in a lot of ways. And it and it really uh, helps me. It helps me. Well, it's interesting you say that, Robert, because I was just thinking as you were talking 
you know, how much we revere athletes who overcome adversity, whether it's an injury, a tragedy, something of that nature. But listen, man, you, you've overcome a lot. I mean, you are a story and I, I don't like to use the word inspiration because, you know, some people kind of don't like that term, but honestly, Robert, with, with all the things you've been through that I know about and some things I don't know about, you know, my hat's off to you because that show takes a lot of work to put together week in and week out. And you very seldom miss a week. But as you said, it's something that drives you. It's what motivates you. It's what keeps you going. But nonetheless, I just, I appreciate, and I'm sure RG and, and all of our listeners and viewers appreciate the fact that you have stuck with this show for 10 years, despite all of those things that you mentioned and some you probably didn't mention. So we just we just want to thank you for, for that. I appreciate the way that you've been able to, with all your health difficulties that you explained there, that you've been able to produce a show every week, sometimes multiple shows a week. I, I've got to thank some of our regular guests that have come on quite often over the years. Uh, Allison Footer, um, she has been a fantastic guest. We always loved having Allison Footer come on this show. Uh, and definitely one of our all-time favorites is Greg Lucas, who, yeah. you know, just brings such a really um, three-dimensional voice to the history of baseball and sports. And Greg has seen and done it all as a sports broadcaster. He's covered just about any sport that you can imagine. And he is retired, but still manages to, uh, you know, come on our show occasionally and, and help us out. And, and he's always uh, fun to listen to. And I always enjoy his opinions. And you've also had on, at least initially, uh, you had on like uh, Drew Doherty and uh, Jenny Dial Creech and uh, some of the other ones that were on there, right? That were in the early days of the show. Uh, Haven't drama. you had John McClain on before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. John yeah. McClain. Yeah. The and that's, general. And, and, and I, I want to say about John McClain, and I'll just add this to all of the people, and, and, and Stephen, I think you and I have discussed this before, all of the people that have been in this market for years and years, the veterans, the people that I yeah. grew up with, I just have to say so many of them have come on our show. Uh, Kenny Hand, John McClain, Dale Robertson, David Barron, uh, Bill Brown, uh, I mean, you, you, the list goes on and on. Matt Musil. We've had so many of those veterans that have come on the show who have been around here for, for, for decades and decades. And they've all been so incredibly kind to me. And we mentioned Tom Franklin and Jerry Truppiano. What about Craig really? Roberts, too? That was one of the all-time. Yeah, Craig Roberts was on, too. I've heard some yeah. of his interviews. Yeah, Craig, Craig is, I mean, so many. I mean, it just, and Craig was a co-worker of mine, so it was a little bit easier for me to, to convince him to come on. But uh, Craig, Craig was fantastic and hilarious. And yeah, the, the, the veterans really came through for us. And, and, and I can't say how much that meant to, to us that not only that they came on, but they seemed to like it. I mean, remember RG when Kenny Hans said something to us really nice at the end of the first interview that we oh, had, yeah, no, it was like, it was a really well, I forget I'm paraphrasing, but just like you guys are, uh, you know, well-researched and you do your homework and you, you know, your stuff basically. Yeah. yeah. So that was a nice compliment from somebody who's, uh, you know, a veteran of the industry. And yeah, there is no better compliment in my yeah. mind than when somebody who has got way more experience than I do say, wow, you've really done your research. That, that is, that is really a good feeling. The well, one interview that I will throw out that 
we didn't mention we were talking about the old ball players, and it's not a Houston sports per- personality or you know somebody that's as much connected. Although he very much connected to the University of Texas because he played with Dope Walker back in the day, but handsome Ransom Jackson, Randy Jackson. If you've never heard that interview, it was one of my favorites. I I know RG enjoyed that one as well back when we did that one years ago and. He has since passed away, but I know he listened to one of the old interviews <laughs> that we did. He listened to like a clip of one of the interviews that I had put in on my special Jackie Robinson show where we had all the people that we've talked to connected to Jackie Robinson. He was listening to that just literally weeks before he passed away wow. and enjoying it. And that meant so much to us because this was a guy that played with Jackie Robinson and Ernie Banks, and Dope Walker, and Minnie Minoso. And he was on the Brooklyn Dodgers. He was the last Brooklyn Dodger to hit a home run at Ebbets Field. I mean, it was it was amazing to talk about. Well, there's to also a book with him, too, the Handsome Ransom Jack book, correct? Yeah, That's his biography. Uh, we were yeah. talking to him about the biography that came out. Of course, Galen White, yeah. uh, he, he set us up with that because he did a fantastic job writing that book, and we had him on for other uh, shows as well with his other book. So uh, yeah, Galen has been a real friend of the show, but that's one that I would, you know, love if people go back and listen to because it's, it's really special. And also Buddy Blattner, who, you know, this was an interview that I had done 25 years ago. And because of the podcast, I was like, okay, let me go revive that interview and, and pull it out of the mothballs. And it was something that I never was able to air back in the day. And I sort of pieced it together from what I had but Buddy Blattner was the original television game of the week voice. Oh, and, that's right. And he was uh, still in great shape back then. He's since passed away. But to just be able to air that and, you know, it's up on YouTube now and I've seen people comment on it. and are really happy to see this lo- sort of lost in the archives where Buddy Blattner is talking about Vin Scully and he's talking about Eddie Goodell and, and all these kind of great stories. And he was just such a... He was such a nice guy to me when I was a kid. This was when I was in college. I did an interview with him, and it was good to, to have that interview come out, uh, Stephen and RG. Yeah. Well, guys, that's all the questions I had for you, for both of you. But, uh, you know, again, I just want to thank you, Robert, for having me not, on, not only on this show, but just, you know, on previous shows and giving me the chance to co-host with you. And, you know, I still come on every now and then when I can. And, RG, just, you know, thank you both for starting this because – you know, I, I remember when I first started listening, I, I was just getting into podcasts and I was doing a search and I thought, I just wonder, is there a sports show that's not on radio that actually talks Houston sports and nothing else? And guess what? When I put the a search in the iTunes, your show, Robert and RG, was the first one to come up. There you go. And that's, that's- when I started listening. That's awesome. And we couldn't have found you without it. And you wouldn't have been a part of, of course, if, without all that as well. And yeah, I just thank you for doing all that and for, for listening and for uh, contributing to the show. You've done a great job as well, Stephen. And so, uh, you know, I know Robert appreciates uh, having you on and as a contributor and as a former uh, a co-host, too. You've also been in that chair. So uh, and then all the experience that you bring and the professionalism do a really good job. So. Thank you. I Appreciate still listen that. to the show. I still like the interviews that you guys do. I still like listening to the post game with the uh, 
the Texans and uh, finding out, you know, when you got some good interviews on and of course all the Astros material. So some big Astros fan, big Texans fan, big Rockets fan, still Houston sports fan. I got to say a little bit to the listeners out there. Thank you for tuning us in over these 10 years. We've had nearly a quarter million listens and views in the last year, close to 1 million since our inception. My goal is to give you guys an objective view of your favorite teams, but with a lifelong fan's passion. I couldn't and wouldn't have done this, any of this, without RG Seal, Stephen Kerr, and Sean Bajani. Not just three knowledgeable Houston sports fans, but three incredible people. Not sure how they put up with me over the years, but I can't thank them enough for being my partners in this for making this something to be proud of, and most importantly, for being unbelievable friends to me over the years. So I just, I've got to thank you guys before we close it out, for sure. Last bring part- more Houston titles in the next uh, 10 years, the next yeah. decade. That How about some uh, Texans and, and Rockets titles? We could use some of those too. <laughs> yeah, trophy. yeah and- I got to work on that for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Texans and Rockets, and hopefully it's a, it's a new day for both franchises. And I also, I want to put up a link in a minute to a best of show with some of my favorite stories from our guests over the years. You always see, if you watch us at the end, we'll put up some links to stuff that uh, some of our old, old shows and whatever, look for it in the last graphic of this show on YouTube. Also, we're looking for sponsors. If you have a Houston area business or know somebody who does, We'd love to partner with you. Email info at HoustonSportsTalk.net or find us on Twitter or Facebook. Don't forget to look through our Houston Sports History playlist on the YouTube channel. You'll find interviews or clips from our favorite conversations. There's also a history playlist for each team, Astros, Rockets, Texans, Cougars, and Oilers. If you feel like supporting us with a few cents or dollars, go to HoustonSportsTalk.net. There's a donate button in the upper right. I don't mention this a whole lot. Um, I don't want to you know, beg for anything from you guys, except, you know, you guys to listen and tell your friends about us. But if you're on your phone, it'll be near the bottom of the homepage. There's a little link there. And tomorrow, Houston Sports Talk starts a new decade. And we cannot be more excited about that. Thanks again, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.